0: Diane, thank you so much for joining us today. It's such a pleasure to talk with you. And you already know I'm really looking forward to this. So thank you so much for spending time with us today. Can you tell us a little bit about what, so when you first published the book, what were those challenges compared with our current challenges?
1: Wow. (laughs) Thank you, Yvonne. (laughs) Our current challenges seem to have escalated beyond uh, my original vision. In the 90s, we were looking at glasnost and perestroika. Um, our world was coming together. We still had a number of challenges. We always do political and personal. In 2000, we became much more aware of climate change and the need to, to live in a, in a state of balance with our environment. There were still political challenges. Right now, we have climate change. We have Massive gun violence in the United States, we have a war in Ukraine, we have racism and ageism and ableism and all kinds of isms that divide us from one another and from ourselves, and we have the escalating stress of daily life, and oh yes, COVID. (laughs) So we have more, more stresses now, more challenges than ever before. And I I love the wisdom of the Tao Te Ching in dealing with this, because the Tao was written 25 centuries ago in ancient China during a period called the Warring States Period. And there were two great philosophers. There was Confucius, who talked to people about, you know, honoring their family and staying within their community and following the rules. And then there was Lao Tzu, who wrote the Tao Te Ching, who sought consolation in nature and found wisdom in a mountain stream, that water is gentle and nurturing, yet with perseverance can cut through solid rock, that bamboo bends with the wind, is flexible and doesn't break. And he learned these lessons and wrote them in the Tao Te Ching, showing us that we can learn these principles of energy of nature, and our human nature is part of nature. So I see Lao Tzu's lessons as highly relevant for us today when we're feeling threatened, challenged by all kinds of, of changes and uh, conflict in our world.
0: I absolutely love that because I think in a time when we feel so unsure and so well, distressed at the way that the world seems to be turning and everything seems to be you know, happening for the very first time. And it's wonderful to know that actually there are answers that are so much older than all of us are. And that, you know, they're here in in your book. (laughs) If you wouldn't mind, I think this is a great time for a reading, please. Okay. This reading is
1: from chapter one. And it says, of all things, most people are still at war with themselves and one another. We run through days of competition, confrontation, and mounting frustration, driven by the fear that we're not good enough. At home and on a job, our lives are filled with stress. Our economy is troubled, our future uncertain. We live in the richest nation in the world, yet we are chronically insecure and defensive. And every day assaults us with new crises and conflicts on the evening news. My personal search led to the Tao Te Ching, which offers a simple yet comprehensive vision of personal and planetary peace. In the Tao, inner and outer peace are intrinsically related as we are related to everything in our world. So instead of waiting for the right guru or political leader to bring us the answer, the Tao asks us to take responsibility for our lives, to follow its path of action and contemplation. Through a shift of attitude, we can begin to experience greater peace right now. According to the Tao, What matters is not the situation, but the way we perceive and respond to it. A Tao person is someone who recognizes and works with the patterns of nature. And whatever our religious background or national origin, we become Tao people when we learn to think holistically, seeing our part in the unity of life, respecting the natural cycles within and around us. One way to become more aware of Tao, is to center down. And actually, we've all felt this before, experienced a deep sense of peace and meditation, communion with nature, or with someone we love. So I ask my readers, when was the last time you had such an experience? And encourage them to find peace within by recalling this feeling and concentrating on Breathing. So I invite you all to relax, take a deep breath, and say to yourself as you breathe in, breathe in peace. Breathe in that sense of peace and oneness. Let it flow through your body. Breathing out any negative emotion, fear, confusion, insecurity, whatever is troubling you. And when you feel more relaxed, just say to yourself, I am peace. Connect with that feeling of peace, that deep center of peace, deep within you and deep within all of nature. So, a little more in this chapter. The Tao helps us see things more clearly. And if there's a crisis in your life, it may well be an opportunity to follow through on an unrealized dream. So take time by yourself, center down, look within, and you will know. Opportunities often appear when we follow our natural curiosity. When I was a grad student at UCLA, I noticed a new restaurant opening in my neighborhood, Colonel Beauregard's New Orleans Restaurant and Gumbo Shop. Intrigued, I walked across the street and looked in the window. The owner peered out at me asking if I wanted a job. I didn't. I was a research assistant at UCLA. But to make up for my curiosity, I signed his register and promised I'd be back to try the food. About two weeks later, the UCLA budget was cut and all the research assistants suddenly laid off. My friend Jeanette and I were sitting in my apartment wondering what to do when the phone rang. It was the owner of Colonel Beauregard's asking when I'd like to come to work. Two days later, I was the cashier, enjoying a job that gave me the income I needed, a free Creole dinner five nights a week, and a pleasant diversion from my studies. Following my curiosity had led me into a new opportunity at just the right time. The Tao encourages us to be spontaneous, to follow our natural inclinations, To keep on learning and to watch the changing patterns within and around us. For nothing in the universe stands still. We are all evolving souls.
0: Oh, I love that. And it was (laughs) I love that like your curiosity led you to the restaurant and to a job. And I mean, how wonderful is that? And not that you know, not the circumstances surrounding you needing the job. But like just how the things falling into place, and you following and just and being open to opportunities, I absolutely love it. And I couldn't help but think when you were talking about you know breathing out and saying about being being peace, and I remember I was at a leadership meeting. Oh, sorry, it was a workshop, a whole series, and they wanted to end every conversation with the people saying, "I am at peace," and I just couldn't do it. It's just like every time i just I just could not do it, and now I feel like, oh, you know what <laughs> now, like if perhaps if I had breathed and if I had centered myself and if I had thought and and it wasn't necessarily saying I'm at peace with whatever's going on here, but just peace like that wider sense of it, if I had used the the lessons that are in your book, I probably would have been able to answer that in a way that was that felt authentic and actually true and meaningful, so where were you when I was in this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there's there's an important piece of pardon the pun piece here, um, which the uh, which Lao Tzu recognized quite a few centuries ago, in which the uh, researchers at California's Heart Math Institute have discovered that when we breathe in, you know peace, we need to connect with the feeling, with the memory of when we felt at peace. Otherwise, we're just saying to ourselves, I'm at peace, darn it. (laughs) And it doesn't work. So um, to really connect, because we've all experienced, no matter what our experience, we've all experienced moments of awe and wonder at the beauty of nature to recall that feeling. We've all experienced a sense of peace and comfort snuggling up with our our cat or our puppy, you know, or uh, doing something that we love. So to recall that memory and to bring it into our experience and connect with it, and then breathe in peace, that personal sense of peace that we have had in the past, and we want to bring into our experience now.
0: I love that. Thank you so much. Can I ask you about, so... You were talking about in in your YouTube video about there being 24 strengths, personal strengths. And it sounds like such an abundance, such such a joy and such a gift. Can you talk to us about why it's important to find them?
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. I am a positive psychology coach, actually, and a lecturer in the Positive Psychology Guild in the UK. And we rely very much in that context on research in positive psychology. So what happened was for these 24 strengths, there are all kinds of surveys. This is a validated survey. And it was done by a number of psychologists, Christopher Peterson and Martin Seligman, quite a few years ago now, and published in 2004. But before that, they looked at all of the literature and the religion, the history of the different cultures throughout the world. And they discovered That no matter how much we have that divides us, you know, all the cultures of the world agree on these 24 character strengths that are common to all humanity. Courage, spirituality, gratitude, creativity, you know, uh, love of learning, leadership. We all honor these. We don't always practice all of them, but we all as human beings have access to them. They're part of what it means to be human. And there's a free survey that people can take on something called viacharacter.org. One word, viacharacter.org. And we can then download, takes about 15 minutes to take this little survey, your top strengths. And we all have all 24, but our top five strengths, the psychologists say are our signature strengths. And when we use those top strengths, We are healthier, happier, and more successful. So why it's important to know them and to use them as individuals so that we can really flourish, so that we can do be our best, and we can bring our strengths to whatever challenges we face. It's also wonderful for leaders to know the strengths of all the people on their teams so they don't have somebody whose strength is big vision doing detail work. Because that doesn't work out very well. So it's, it's, it's an amazing resource. Again, and it's, it's truly remarkable. Native American spirituality, the ancient Greek and Roman classics, the world of Shakespeare, the wisdom of the East, all of this, you know, Egyptian mythology, all of the cultures of the world and those that I have not yet mentioned agree on these 24 strengths. So I see this as, as wonderful individually, but also tells us that we have a lot more in common that we may, than we
0: may believe. How beautiful, like how absolutely wonderful. It's like, what, just what good news? And I love knowing that I have 24 strengths. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you can find out exactly what they are by taking.
0: <laughs> I'm going to be doing that. That's going to be how I spend my evening is just going through and being like, oh, wow, look at this. <laughs> and with that in mind, can we have another meeting reading, please? Okay. Yes.
1: This is actually, it's in a way, it's related to strengths. This is called embracing the mystery. And in the Tao Te Ching, there is the Tao, which is, which cannot be reduced to names and formulas. It is Wu Ming without a name because it's the source of all existence. In its infinite creative potential, the Tao is Wu. Eternal non being. In its created existence, it is you. Eternal being. And it's constantly changing and evolving, neither one nor the other, but both. The Tao is this dynamic system. Like the Tao, we cannot be reduced to categories. Each of us exists in our current state of life and our infinite potential. We are both what we are and what we might be. Herein lies the strength of Wu our unlimited capacity for growth and change. Knowing at any moment we may begin a new cycle of creation, we can draw upon the power of woo in our lives. Frank grew up in the 1920s on a small farm in Kentucky. An only child, he was quiet and serious, a skinny blonde kid with an anxious smile. His parents were the children of German immigrants. His father a gardener, his mother a devout Catholic, who talked about saints and went to church twice a day. Times were hard. They had little money, and dinner was usually coffee, crowd, and potatoes. A child of the Depression with two paper routes and a variety of odd jobs, Frank had little time for play. Once he saved his money to buy a baseball mitt, but his mother told him this was foolishness and made him take it back. At 14, his life was cut out for him. He was to work his way through Catholic high school and become a priest, as his mother wanted. But while working in the fields one day, Frank saw a small airplane fly overhead. Soaring above the treetops, free and clear, the plane seemed to beckon as it dipped its wings and circled to land. Frank dropped his shovel and started running. He'd heard that pilots would give a boy a quarter to tie a plane down. A quarter was a lot of money during the Depression. But he wasn't thinking about quarters as he ran down the dusty country road. Breathless, he reached the small landing strip two miles away. The bright yellow biplane had just touched down, and it seemed like everything he was not. Powerful and free, it could ride the wind, soaring high above the narrow frame houses in the dark Kentucky soil. Frank had come face to face with Wu, the limitless potential welled up within him. He knew he had to fly. Of course, his parents did not understand. His father was content to work in the soil, and his mother's view of the heavens was far different. Frank kept going to the airport, tying down planes, washing and fueling them, anything to get up for short flights. Soaring above the earth into the great unknown, he found a new world of possibilities. When the discord at home became too much, he moved into the attic. Of the Louisville Flying Service, where he was adopted by barnstormers and World War I pilots. Days were long. He still had his paper route, then school, then back to the airport to do odd jobs and learn as much as he could. After sundown, he'd eat his main meal of the day a bowl of bean soup with as many free crackers as he could manage at the airport coffee shop while talking to pilots. At 16, he got his pilot's license and was featured in the Louisville Courier Journal as the youngest pilot in Kentucky. Frank became a flight instructor and an Air Force colonel, flying everything from biplanes to seaplanes to jets and rescue helicopters. In his 80s, he remained an active flight instructor, still riding the winds and showing others the way. I admire him for his free and generous spirit, and I'm proud that he's my father. Frank Dreer's life demonstrates that we need not be confined to what is or what has been. By discovering the power of Wu, by drawing on our unlimited potential, we too can ride the winds of greater possibility.
0: What an amazing story. Oh, my goodness. And I love that he followed his curiosity as well. Yes.
1: (laughs) 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 Curiosity. (laughs) Curiosity. Is my top of the 24
0: strengths, <laughs> and it runs in the family, huh? uh,
1: apparently. So, but so many of us are limited by what we've been, by what we've been told, by what our culture tells us we should be. And the Tao says, No, you know, we are constantly becoming and to open up to possibilities.
0: Wow, you know what I feel like you've given us so many tips, and yet i'm going to ask for one more because I feel like it's just it's like a gift and it's one of those things that i don't know if I feel like in the i want to say in the eighties or nineties I stumbled across this book, and I have not been able to find it since and I remember it like I actually haven't finished it, and i don't know why i don't know if it was due back to the library and it had a thumbprint on it, and I still remember it was just like it just seemed like this was this one big thumbprint no idea what it was called no idea even how to find what this book is but something about like your book reminds me of what I got from that one and that feeling of just you know how you read something and you're going wow I really need this at this time like this is exactly what I need and then yeah again I, I hope I brought it back to the library if it was a library book <laughs> I hope <laughs> they are not still waiting for me to return it but it was just one of those books that I wish that I could find again. And now I feel like, wow, like I've got to read and sit with your book. And just it just seems like one of those reminders that, you know, to try new things and to um to open yourself to experiences, to look around you and and that you are a blessing and that you do have all of these gifts and strengths. And I've been thinking a lot about about where my where is and mm-hmm. I know that only I can actually answer that question and something about this feels like, right. Like, okay, you know what, in order to answer this question, you do need to sit with yourself and you do need to, to just to yourself. So I do feel like it's such a wonderful gift. I'm so, so very pleased that you, you know, you you came and you you're here and you're talking to us and giving us these gifts. And yet I'm going to ask for, if you had one piece of advice, that you would say for listeners, no matter when they listen to this, what might that be?
1: Oh, why? Well, I have a piece of information and a little bit of advice. The piece of information is about the fingerprint. Okay. <laughs> Apparently we all have unique fingerprints. Even identical twins have different fingerprints. There has never been anyone on this planet before who has the same fingerprints, the same potential as each and every one of us. And we're all called to manifest our uniqueness, our unique gifts, and to add to the great tapestry of life. You know, that's our calling. Okay, (laughs) so that when we fulfill ourselves as individuals, we also fulfill our part in the in the creation in the tapestry in this beautiful uh, mosaic that includes all of us and if we don't do that there's something missing in that structure in that picture you know so for the good of all uh, we need to bring our gifts forward i suppose that's you know that's what i would i would say in response to your uh, question even when we feel challenged And I I imagine that most of us feel challenged. The Tao tells us that the great way to greater light leads through the darkness. Going ahead feels like falling back. The even path seems rugged and hilly. The highest power, a yielding valley. So that the Tao tells us not to hide from the current reality in denial or distractions and heaven only. Because there are a lot of distractions out there on the internet and, you know, shopping and everything. That's not what the Tao is all about. It's to listen to ourselves, to listen to our hearts, to recognize what we're feeling. The way to greater light leads through the darkness. And then to be, to be kind to ourselves and to connect with nature in some way. Connecting with nature helps us restore our hope. Because we realize, again, as Lao Tzu did a few centuries ago, that we're part of something larger than ourselves. And uh, studies have shown that we can feel a sense of awe and oneness, transcending our individual problems, feeling, again, a sense of inspiration in nature. And to be kind to ourselves, research has shown that responding to challenging times with mixed emotions brings light into the darkness. So what are some gifts we can give ourselves during this time to share our concerns with a wise counselor or therapist, spend more time in nature, meditate, connect with friends, play with your cat or dog, listen to your favorite music, engage in a hobby that you enjoy, or something else that lifts your spirits. When we're challenged, we need to seek the light. So like the stars shining in the dark winter sky, these bright moments can help us find our way. So, embrace joy, embrace the light through the darkness, and that, like the North Star, will guide us
0: to where we need to be. Oh, I love that. I needed that as well. <laughs> so, thank <laughs> you so very much for, for that generosity. Can we ask for one final reading before we go? Yes.
1: This is a lesson from the Tao Te Ching, Chapter 10 about yin and yang, and the Tao tells us, the Tao is the one from one come yin and yang, from these two creative energy, from energy 10,000 things, the forms of all creation. The Tao teaches that life is dynamic, its changing patterns comprised of yin and yang, the polarities found throughout nature. We know them as day and night, heat and cold, male and female, action and repose but the Western mind, who often poses dilemmas, forcing us to choose one extreme or the other, day or night, male or female, action or repose, self or other. With our preference of yang over yin, Western culture equates a successful life with the day, with action, and the Puritan work ethic. But the Tao shows us that both polarities are an essential part of life, They appear, and I have a whole list of them, some of which are nurturing and achieving, feeling and thinking, listening and speaking, because true communication includes both intuition and reason, repose and action, knowing and doing, all equally important part of the larger whole both active yang and contemplative yen are essential to an intelligent living. We all need moments of silent reflection, or our actions would have no direction, no meaning. We can just be very busy going around in circles. Conversely, without action, our thoughts cannot take form. We would just be sitting there, perhaps dejected, worrying, stagnating, but not acting. We need both yin and yang. Sometimes people get stuck in one extreme or the other, becoming too yin or too yang. And our our society needs a better balance as well. Many people in the Western world race around constantly chasing their dreams of a better life without taking time to reflect. Ask who they are deep inside and where they and all of us are heading. Dwayne Elgin writes in his book, Voluntary Simplicity, that our civilization crisis has emerged in no small part from the gross disparity that exists between our relatively underdeveloped inner faculties and the extremely powerful external technologies now at our disposal. As it is within, so it is without. An imbalanced world results from personal imbalance. The Tao teaches us to slow down, look within, and make wiser choices. And I see that as an essential lesson for us in this this year, this day, this time. We have the power to light up the world. We also have the power to destroy it.
0: Diane, thank you so much for such powerful readings and for your generosity. And I know that I... I'm getting the book and I'm going to sit with it and I'm going to just, I feel like I want to say wallow in, in the <laughs> journey that is reading and learning and just getting in touch with myself. And so can you, I mean, I recommend that everyone go out and buy the book, whether you're going to read it, listen to it, borrow it from your local library. I feel like this is one of those books that we all need to be reading. Can you let us know where we can buy the book?
1: Okay, uh, the book is available on at, in all the usual places. <laughs> Your local bookstore, if you still have one. Um, some of the local bookstores have closed down, sadly, because of COVID. It's also available online through Barnes & Noble or Amazon.com, and many libraries have it as well. The uh, print edition, the audiobook edition is a is available for a free sample. If you go to the Tao of Inner Peace on amazon.com, you can listen to parts of it and see if that does anything for you. And I think it's important. Obviously, I believe in the book and the message. But today, so many of us, because of all of our challenges, including COVID, have been under chronic stress. Mm -hmm. And what neuroscience tells us is that stress shuts down our higher brain centers. It puts us into fight, flight, or freeze. And when we're in that state, we cannot make wise decisions. We can't see clearly. And so to go back to the wisdom of Tao, to learn how to center down, to expand our sense of possibility, is extremely important so that we can make a positive difference in our lives and the lives of the world around us.
0: Oh, what a lovely message. Thank you so much for for sharing your message, for sharing the book, for reading to us. It's been such a joy and I couldn't have imagined just a better time. So thank you ever so much.
1: And thank you, Yvonne. It's been a real pleasure. Peace to you.